over Broadway. We're back with another episode of Bits Over Broadway. We're back, baby. Uh, Connor, any biz? I none that I think we can discuss on mic. <laughs> All our biz is deeply private. Deeply private. Respect um, our privacy at this time. I have already been accused of oversharing on the internet, so I'm going to stop doing that now. Wow! And who jacuzzed you? Uh, just myself. Okay. <laughs> so, so it was a self jacuzzi. Staring into the mirror, going, "Stop! Enough. Stop it! Stop!" enough yeah it's very much the the meme of like pointing at yourself in the mirror like who the fuck stole all my money yeah <laughs> and it's that. you two spider-mans yes for sure 100%. we know memes we know memes we, in this household we are versed in memes that's what we do uh-huh. okay uh well then let's just get into this week's show we are joined today by yeah. uh another lovely guest another Chica- dear friend <laughs> chicago comedian improviser star of the lost slipper a production at mizzou classic <laughs> uh it's mark walsh hi mark hi mark hello hi <laughs> mark house chicago is it uh cold is it cold yet it's a little cold. It's pretty cold. Uh, okay. I, I haven't been outside in seven months, so I. <laughs> so it's whatever temperature it was in March. <laughs> yeah, October, so I assume cold. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this week we are talking about Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie. Mark, were you in we this show? Conrad, what? <laughs> we love you, Conrad. Mark, were you in this show? Uh, baby, I was in it twice. <gasps> and who did you play? Uh. It was the first musical I was ever in, oh. freshman school, and I was just in the chorus for that. Okay. And then in 2008, I played Hugo Peabody. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me get my notes together. Wow. My notes are on my phone. Um, I don't have pages, unlike these fellas who have just brought us sh- just reams of paper with notes on Bye Bye Birdie. I have to get through this new notebook. <laughs> There's so many. Or Ernest Hemingway and uh, someone else from then. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway and uh, one of his contemporaries. You you all know Hemingway's contemporaries. Well, of course. All right. Um, okay. Let's. I also need to pull up the uh, track list, or I will be very lost. So sorry. I guess I could have done this before. Um, just to check in with everybody, mm-hmm. I listened to the original Broadway cast recording. And watch the movie. Anybody else have any versions to offer? I definitely watched the movie. I didn't listen to the cast recording now. Okay. So you are one up on me. And I listened to the cast recording. Didn't Haven't seen the movie in like 10 years. Okay. Mm. Classic. Highly recommend it. Love it. I laughed so much. Oh my God. So funny. Yeah. Um, this is just going to be another podcast episode <laughs> of us saying it's so it's good. It's so funny. <laughs> Yes, Mark. Sorry, I was just saying it was the best high school movie I've ever seen. It's up there with like Super Bad and American yeah. Pie. Agreed. It's a really good high school movie. I I liked that. Um, all children have been the same all the time. Nostalgia's fake. There was never a good time. Exactly. Where everyone was good and nice, and everyone sucked always. Yeah, teens have always been a little rat bitches, and the older generation has always hated teens. Yeah, they're all just. It's a never-ending cycle. We're all just living the same day over and over again. Yeah, time is a flat circle, and we every day we wake up in hell. 
That's one take. That's one take on Bye Bye Birdie. Okay, uh, Connor, hit us with some facts and figs. Facts and figures. <laughs> uh, what else is Bruce Springsteen sing? All I know is Born in the USA. Born in the USA. And then maybe Born to Run. All his songs about birth, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we should have done Springsteen on Broadway for this episode. Oh, oh shit. Oh, we will. Um, sorry, Connor, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so Bye Bye Birdie is a musical with book by Michael Stewart, lyrics by Lee Adams, and music by Charles Strauss. Uh, the original Broadway production opened in 1960 and ran until October of 61 for a total of 607 performances. It then transferred to the uh, L.A. Civic Light Opera in July of 61 and across the pond to the West End <laughs> in June of 1961, and it ran for a total of 268 performances. There was a film adaptation in 1963 that we watched that was um, starring Dick Van Dyke. There was, they actually made a sequel to the musical and put it on stage starring Cheetah Rivera because Cheetah Rivera plays Rosie in the original production. Love it. And the, the musical, the sequel was called Bring Back Birdie and it was in 1981 and it was only open for four performances and then it closed. Where were they bringing him back from? I don't know. The war? Like, we got to get this guy out of there. There was then a tour in the U.S. from the night from 1990 to 1991. Um, there was an encore production in 2004 and then there was a Broadway revival in September 2009 that ran from um october 2009 to january 2010 um and then sorry i was like i'm done no there's more that's it um in the 61 tonys it was uh nominated for eight awards and it won four including best musical featured actor director and choreo and uh just really quickly inspired by the phenomenon of elvis presley in his draft notice into the army in 1957 bye bye birdie follows conrad birdie whose draft devastates his young fans with albert peterson's uh talent firm in jeopardy of losing its biggest client albert and secretary rose come up with a last ditch publicity stunt to have birdie perform a song to one lucky girl in his fan club before going overseas amazing thank you <laughs> well done goner <laughs> Uh, I love this musical. It's so fun. What a stupid premise. I am obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) What I really like is, um, like halfway through the movie this morning, I was thinking about like how sad Conrad Birdie must be feeling to be drafted into a war. And he's just like hanging around like an asshole like he's such a dickhead in the movie he really is and i was like i mean no offense but like he is processing a lot of trauma right now (laughs) he has been drafted into a war (laughs) um and everyone's just like okay can you show up can you sing and kiss this teen girl on the mouth right thank you so much that's your job also have fun so much fun in korea (laughs) (laughs) have a blast in korea uh, it really made me laugh a lot. Uh, anyway, um, let's get started. So we start in New York where Albert Peterson is writing songs and he's like, I've finally done it. I've written a song for Conrad to sing. And then immediately they're like, didn't you hear? He he's was going drafted. to war. <laughs> 
It's such a fucking bummer. I love it. Um, War does that, you know. It, it really just ruins does do all that. your best laid plans. The the opening of this movie is the most I've seen of Manhattan since March. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a far shot of the Guggenheim, and yeah. I was like, oh my god, the Guggenheim a museum like, the, I've been to once. The Guggenheim. <laughs> A museum I've walked past several <laughs> dozens of times. The museum that I've never paid to go into, but I have stood in the lobby one time. <laughs> but I got weepy when I saw it on, t- on my TV. Quarantine's doing a lot in our brains to us, specifically. Um, rock and roll superstar and teen idol Conrad Birdie. I guess that's important. Even though in the movie he's fully 40 years old. Um, so old. He's a grown ass man. <laughs> Which is why kiss, him kissing a teenager is weird. Yeah. But that is what this whole thing is premised on. Um, Only in Sweet Apple, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the Midwest would be okay with us. They really do, I feel, nail small town insanity. Right. Which makes me laugh a lot. Oh, yeah. I want to know, I want to know, like, were people, did, were, did people in the 50s really go this fucking hard for Presley? Like Elvis? Um, I don't know about Elvis, but I think it's probably, and like, also has like reminiscence of Beatlemania. This right. film would have been pre Beatlemania, but same idea. Girls like girl teen girls love uh pop idols. It's the only way they're allowed to legally be horny. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a really great book if you're interested in it, that I had to read for a women's studies class that was talking about uh how girls have influenced pop culture via their obsessions with music. And things like Beatlemania and oh, that's girls interesting. calming for Elvis Presley. Oh, sure. Uh, it's so, it's really nuts. I like when he shakes his hips and the whole town faints. That's really fun uh, for me personally. Um, Do you think Jack Birdie, Conrad Birdie, dies on the toilet? Oh, a thousand oh, absolutely. And I just want to say this right now. If you go to Graceland, they don't show you where he died on the toilet. They don't. That's not part of the tour. You can't see the death toilet, which is, I think, pretty fucked up. <laughs> I paid a lot of money to walk through his stupid fucking house, and I can't even see the place that he died. It's because the body's still in there. <laughs> Could, couldn't get him out. Didn't know how. He's, they, they can, he's, he's covered in epoxy, just like stuck there. They so like he covered stink. him in resin. Yeah. <laughs> Just plasticine, like yes. like um, those bodies where they take off all the skin and then put them in a science museum that travels around the world. Yeah. That's what they did to Elvis Presley on the toilet. <laughs> but they don't want anybody to know about that. Yeah. Well, it was a mistake and they knew it immediately. But <laughs> once it's done, it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Conrad, Conrad Birdie for sure died in the toilet. Um, 100%. Okay. I uh, want to know who would today's like analog for conrad birdie b uh sh- who's the um the one who's not gay but everyone thinks he's gay that is literally anybody <laughs> uh and he's dating that girl with this name who starts with a c sean mendez thank you yes okay. sean mendez <laughs> uh i'm almost 30 <laughs> so that's where i'm at just in terms of knowing things yes mark <laughs> Harry Styles also. Uh, yeah, I was gonna announced. say Harry Styles. I think One Direction oh, for yeah. sure had this level of like. I would agree with that insanity. But that was like 2000. Redacted. <laughs> I'm writing an updated uh, want Bye Bye Birdie, where all five members of One Direction get drafted to five different wars. <laughs> to our five different fronts of all the wars. Is this exactly? Is this going to be the sequel to Bring Back Birdie? The sequel to <laughs> Bye Bye Birdie? It's called Bye Bye Birdie again. One is 
Afghanistan, Iraq, the war on Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be right. the, the war, war on, on drugs. The war on drugs, the war on poverty. Um, I like that they're British, but we're drafting them in our war. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to come here and perform, your name gets put in the draft. I don't you make the rules. You get put in the draft. That's, <laughs> that's what it says on Ellis Island. Exactly. <laughs> it's a big like bingo machine. You just have to write your name on a ball and drop it in. And they're just constantly tumbling. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not a good system, but it is our system. <laughs> but it is the system that we have. And we have to have. respect it. We have to respect and it. And because it was in the Constitution, we have to respect <laughs> it. I'm an originalist, and that's what they said. <laughs> uh, put all the names in a big bingo tumbler. Okay. Um, I love the song, The Telephone Hour. Maybe yes. my favorite song in the world, possibly. It's a wild song. What's the story, Morning Glory? Just children screaming yes. at each other, lo- like local gossip. I want to know, Mark, can you tell us how they stage this on stage? Like, <laughs> as opposed to, like, in a movie? Yeah. Um, my freshman year of high school production, there were 80 kids in the <gasps> show. Oh, my God. Of, of course there were. We let everyone in <laughs> our productions at, uh, in that high school. That has to reflect a real uh, high school. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was just 80 fucking kids just all over the stage, like literally like back to back, like we were squished on this oh tiny God. stage <laughs> and talking on the phone, even though, you know, I'm two feet, not even two feet away from someone telling them the news about Hugo and Ken, <laughs> but then the, and I think there were people in the audience, mm-hmm. there were kids in the audience as well, you know, as high schools want mm-hmm. to do. Uh, oh, high schools love an audience moment. Well, it's very funny and unexpected. So, um, but then the when I played Hugo, it was a uh, we had different balconies like that were already in the theater. Oh, cool. So we it was a smaller cast. It was probably I want to say ten or fifteen kids total, including like the speaking uh-huh. roles. So we had like some girls up in different parts of the balcony. All the guys were together, like sitting on a park bench, like punching me, being like, "How oh, could you date this girl?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, like the guys were center stage, not on telephones. Then the rest of them and Harvey Johnson were sure. spread throughout the theater. Interesting. That's cute. I like using what the space is giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. My favorite. Uh, my freshman year. You you know the line like uh, he's too thin, mm-hmm. she's too tall. Our Kim McAfee was taller than Hugo, <laughs> and Hugo was a uh, damn string bean. So we had to change the lyrics to make it correct for some reason, even though people would forget that one line. <laughs> so we changed it from he's too thin, she's too tall to she's too thin, he's too square. <laughs> it don't work. That's not how you write lyrics. It doesn't even make any damn sense. Also, I think we got rid of me for me to be he's too thin because I was a pudgy little boy. <laughs> they called him the big chonk. <laughs> Just kidding. But that is a good name. That, maybe like not name. for a person. Yeah. Maybe for a, an animal. I would give that name to a cat, maybe. Yeah, for sure. A very, very small yeah, like a very tiny cat, like a like a little little baby. Of course, a teeny tiny cat. Um, I want to say in the movie, uh, just really quickly. Again, I know this is probably in the stage show too. But I can't remember honestly. Um, there's a turtle, there's a tortoise involved. Um, and 
I think it's the funniest joke maybe in the world. The it's, the tortoise that gets like put on speed. Yeah, that he's like, well, here's my kid's pet tortoise. It's fucking huge, by yeah, the way. It's a massive and turtle. It's like a desert tortoise. And they're just like hauling it around from place to place, room to room. And then Dick Van Dyke gives him some speed. And then he's like, I've got a future in making speed, which is true. That is correct. I want to support that. But um, is there a turtle in the show or... Like in the stage show? Yeah. I don't think so. So how does this, how does the speed happen? We never had a turtle. We never had a turtle. How does the speed yeah. happen in the, I don't think that's in the show. part of the, the plot in the show. Hmm. Sorry. But so many of the same people are in there. Um, Paul Lind is an incredible human being oh my who goodness. deserves back pay for how good he is. Back pay. Yeah. I'm mad about it. Um, and so is Dick Van Dyke, frankly. Mm-hmm. Cheetah Rivera, also incredible. And Margaret is in the movie, and she is an icon. I it's, it's, I love that the stage version is more of an ensemble show, like, and kind of makes Dick Van Dyke the star, but then they cast Anne Margaret, and they're like, listen, this is the most boring role in the show. <laughs> we up, give her two more songs, cut all these ones out. Don't make them any. No one else is a That's character. That's right. It's only Anne Margaret. It's Kim McAfee all the way, baby. It is very Kim forward. She is. Um, I think uh, Dick Van Dyke and Paul Lind were pissed about it. I think they went out in interviews and like, what? I don't want this 15 year old being all sexy. What about us? The men. What about us? The men. We're sexy. <laughs> um, put on a happy face. Did we sing this in Jim's class? Probably. Maybe. Or do I know this from teaching tap to three? No, I think we did sing this in Jim's class. Because I, when the song came on, I was like, this is what that is from. (laughs) I like, like a light bulb went on in my head. I love that we took a musical theater class where we were taught songs from musicals without any context Zero context Or what musicals the songs were from We were just given songs Just and given then, sheet music and told to act And then um, we were told that we could sing uh, Plenty of Nothing from Porgy and Bess We can <laughs> A room mm-hmm. full of white children We're told that we could sing that song Well it is also a good song to do To teach three year olds to tap to Because it's all about being happy And if you right. just tell children to be happy They will be it's an effective strategy. It's three minutes and 20 seconds of a man telling a group of young girls to smile more. To smile. <laughs> and the only person who could pull it off is Dick Van Dyke. Exactly. <laughs> it comes off as shitty from anyone else. But honestly, if Dick Van Dyke told me to do something, I would do it. That's why the John Stamos revival failed, because he just came across <laughs> as an asshole. Yeah, he's a creep. He's a fucking, yeah. he's a fucking dickhead. I don't want to hear John Stamos tell me to smile. I'll kill you. I'll stab him, honestly. That inspires rage in me. Um, I didn't know John Stamos was in the revival. Yeah, it was him and Yeah, he was. Ugh, why? Who did that? Well, there should just not be a, like, a revival in general. Every monk <laughs> no. in the U.S. has been forced to see four productions of the show because every exactly. high school and community theater does it. Why do we have Broadway? <laughs> so that they can get that coveted out-of-town tri-state high school market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Where everyone buses in from upstate Connecticut <laughs> to come see Bye Bye Birdie on Broad- La Broadway. I just saw my 13-year-old snot-nosed punk do it. I better go see a professional do it. <laughs> I better go see what John Stamos can make of this part. Yeah. 
That sounds bad. I didn't even. And then know. I would, and then Oof. I would take my kid to it after being in the show and being like, "Do you see that? That's how you do this fucking show." <laughs> That's how you take do notes, it. bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a matinee this weekend. Let's go. We need to learn. No wire hangers. No wire hangers. I'd love to know what sort of career slump John Stamos was in that his agent was like, "You gotta do Broadway." Well, this must have been after <laughs> Full House, before Very Fuller House, well after Full House. So he hadn't been doing much. <laughs> the nostalgia hadn't kicked in. Yeah, for how for when he was a hot uncle. Mm-hmm. I just don't the understand. uncle that everybody wanted to fuck. I can't imagine that John Stamos was like. Get me on the Great White Way stat. <laughs> I want to be in rehearsals a, for well, this I terrible guess, show. I guess Uncle Jesse was supposed to be a musician in Full House, wasn't he? Yeah, so I think he can sing. He can sing. As well as you need to for yeah. that Iverty. Um Can we talk about the Hugh Peabody, Kim McAfee uh, relationship? Yeah, it's very strong. It's very strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's proof that love conquers all. Um, <laughs> so if you're wondering, answer's yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the idea of pinning someone. I want to know where they get pins. I got pinned. I want to know if there's a store. Is it like a ring? What happens when you pin someone? Is it your family's coat of arms? What kind of Ku Klux Klan nonsense is pinning <laughs> someone? Yep. Uh, when I was in the show, I gave her my KKK hood. <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. I fastened it lovingly under her cheese. This is Ohio, after all. <laughs> no, I think it. Well, it's you get it for some extracurricular activities in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a Letterman jacket. Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of like a Letterman jacket, but I would never part ways with my Letterman jacket. I, I was wearing it's very expensive. Yeah, so I'm like, mm, you don't get this. You get my little pin that has a little football on it or something. <laughs> Interesting. We There's a similar tradition sort of thing in fraternities and sororities, like in Greek life, um, cool. where you can get lavaliered, which is where the guy, the frat guy, gives you his letters either in like his little badge. Because you do get a badge. You get a pin when you join a fraternity or sorority with your letters on it and so like he can give you his pin and that's called getting lavaliered and then you do a whole ceremony for it it's a whole thing um but that's at the collegiate level when in theory i guess you're gonna meet the people you're gonna marry yeah so i've been told (laughs) which seems now in retrospect too young (laughs) too young to meet a person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with your brain's still not formed yet no but back in the 60s you did get married that early because the boys would go off to war and get killed. <laughs> yeah, That's and, right. you, and you needed their pension to live. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so he pins her and she's like, he pinned me in the backseat, which um, hilarious <laughs> really joke. I was like, is pinning what I think it is? Uh, and it is. It's just putting a pin on her. And he like, and that means you have an understanding that you're going to get married. Yeah. It's, it's essentially so the pin is essentially ring. a promise, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the fifties were a fucking wild time. What Ugh. the fuck were y'all doing out there? Imagine having such like structure to your dating life. Honestly. Now it's just like, do you wanna hang and I assume. I don't do know. you wanna hang out for the next I've, I've never dated. Do you wanna famously. hang out with for like the next like two months and we talk every day and like we have a bunch of sex and then we never put a label on it and then I'm gonna ghost you and because I like fell in love with a cheeseburger? I don't fucking know. Like that's dating today, baby. Connor, start demanding that people pin you. 
That would be fun. Demand it. Dema- yeah, demanding. Get it in writing. I, fe- I feel like demands <laughs> demanding in dating life, especially in modern dating today with Hinge and Grinder and mm-hmm. everything. I feel like that will go over really well. Yeah, everyone knows an ultimatum is the best thing you can give for a relationship. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right? This is now a dating advice podcast. Give your Never. boyfriend or girlfriend an ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> Force them to love you. <laughs> Make them promise to one day give you more jewelry. <laughs> um, that is actually a genius idea, in my opinion. Um, okay, what's next? I forgot where we are. We've been hopping around a lot, but I just love that Hugh is like, listen, you can kiss him, I guess. That's fine, as long as you'll still be my girl. And she's like, yeah, definitely, I'll be your girl. This is the movie, specifically, yeah. that I'm talking about. Um, and then she just like faints from how much she loves Con- Conrad Birdie. And he's like, maybe this was a bad idea all along. Maybe I shouldn't have let my girlfriend kiss a superstar. Right. (laughs) Hugo in the movie gives me slightly queer energy, especially in the part when (laughs) Conrad shows up because all the boys turn their back on Conrad and they don't want to look at him because he's he's tainted their women. He's a fink, (laughs) as they say. like he's poisoning our women yeah and these are high school high, high school, school boys men, boys they're fully like 15 year old like hey it's tainting our stock which is <laughs> psychotic but but hugo is the only boy who like at one point like coyly turns around to watch conrad conrad dancing yeah. and i was like that's some queer energy baby <laughs> By at least. At least. At the minimum. I do like when they all yell Fink at him. Yeah. Fink, Fink, Fink. I had to look up what, so what Fink was, and it is the stupidest fucking 50s ass slang I've ever heard. Just it just means an unpleasant person. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the meanest thing they could call somebody. <laughs> I like yeah. it. That would hurt my feelings, honestly, if someone called me a Fink. Really? Yeah, it would. If they meant it for real, if sure. they were like, yeah. you stupid fink, you're such a fink, I'd be like, oh, I would be hurt by that. <laughs> if we were at a business meeting and something went south, and oh, someone absolutely. called me a fink, I'm often going to business meetings. Well, I assume that about you. Um, I know that you are a strong, powerful businesswoman, <laughs> girl boss. I do own many shares of many companies. I, I am a girl boss. Um, Albert's, oh, we got to talk about Rosie. Yes. This woman has suffered for so long. So, so long. Somebody just marry I really, her already. I really wish they would have had Cheetah Rivera in the movie. Me too. I yeah. love Cheetah Rivera. Same. She's, was, she's better. She's was, better than everybody. Yeah. She's better than all of us. Cheetah Rivera for president. <laughs> um, so Rosie is the secretary for Albert Peterson um, and also his love interest uh, for eight years, but they can't get married. That would be too much to ask. Of yeah, one because man. his mother or something like that is well in the play or in the musical. His mother's racist and she's Mexican. Yeah, so like real hitting the That's nail on fun. the head. Um, <laughs> but in I'm glad that um, high schools all over the nation are doing that and are yeah. they casting um, racially accurate or okay, great, perfect. I've never been in a show where a non-white <laughs> woman plays Rose. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Also love that it was the original production. It was written for uh, the character was named Rose Grant, mm-hmm. but the original mm-hmm. actress dropped out. So they cast Cheetah Rivera and <gasps> that one, they were like, Ooh, let's add racism to this show. 
the audience couldn't possibly suspend their disbelief and be like, right. yeah, everyone would be cool with him dating a woman of color. Right. Or even just she could still be Rose Grant and it doesn't have to be an issue at all. We got to add a song. We got to add a racist mom. <laughs> More racist moms. We need moms. They need Mars representation. Needs racist moms. <laughs> um, so Rosie has this genius idea to um, ha- to do the whole stunt. Like it's her idea, mm-hmm. and she goes and and makes it all happen. And Albert Peterson yeah. is being a stupid dickhead and is just like, oh, "Okay, right, good idea, Rosie. That sounds like a plan." Oh, cool. You single-handedly saved the firm. Okay. Oh, thanks. We can live comfortably thanks to you. Typical man. (laughs) And she's like, all I ask in return is that you marry me. And he, like, struggles. (laughs) Feels like maybe it's the least you could do, buddy. Yeah, really. Marry her and become an English teacher. (laughs) Both. Exactly. Get out of the rat race. Get rid of this cushy money-making job and become a struggling teacher. She just wants a simple, quiet life where he gets summers off, you know? Yeah, God, I want that too. <laughs> we Should all I become a teacher? <laughs> I think that I think that probably once a week where I'm like, ugh, should I just be a teacher? Should I just do it? <laughs> should I just bite the bullet? It's coming at me anyway. Forget it. I'll just do it. And then I get my summers. I could I think I would be happy moving to the Midwest, being the gay drama teacher for some stupid fucking high school, forcing everybody to do bye bye birdie every year. <laughs> Year. The school musical every year is bye bye birdie. Bye no bye questions. Birdie. No questions. Hey, you save a lot of money in costumes and set. That's true. Um, so Rose's plan is like great. He's gonna write a brand new song for Con for Conrad to sing. Um, that seems like a big ask. I don't know. I don't write songs, but I feel like just <laughs> announcing to someone like it's great, it's good. You need to write a song for in two weeks. Right. Seems like a lot of pressure to me personally and then she's gonna give i love fan clubs i love the idea of fan clubs for singers do they still exist oh yeah. my aunt is currently that's still the president of the davy jones fan club uh loved ever on the pod <laughs> yeah i'll get her let me call her up right <laughs> get her on the phone right now call we'll, her we'll up. patch her in <laughs> Our switchboard is lighting up with calls from Mark's aunt. Hey, <laughs> from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You're on the air. You're on. Tell us about your Davy Jones Fan Club. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. That's amazing. I'm pretty sure the group does not still meet, but I she is still technically president. That is amazing. Yeah, now people just do it on social media. Yeah. Now people just have like it would be like a Facebook Twitter group. accounts that are devoted exclusively to that. Yeah. It's the BTS um, fan cam yes, of it all. Very that. Yeah. Very that. Um, okay. So they go to Sweet Apple, Ohio to find the teen to, for Smoochin. Um, In the movie, it's so funny. They literally just like pull her name. They like literally just like dig into a file to do like one of these like that. <laughs> go through the little cards and just yeah. go. And then they like pluck it. Uh-huh. And they're like. This is the one. And she just happens to be like gorgeous, gorgeous, hot, hot, the sexiest (laughs) girl you've ever seen. Like, luckily, they could have pulled a real dog. (laughs) (laughs) I like to imagine that the first couple pulls, they were like, yee. And just were like, never mind. This is a terrible idea. No. No. Big X. Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. (laughs) 
you know, very that energy. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I like to imagine. Um, so she, she's so Kim is like, guess what? I got pinned. I know I used to be in the fan club, but I have to quit the fan club to right. focus on thinking about my future with my because <laughs> with I'm my 15 boyfriend. and I'm going to be a yeah. wife tomorrow. Yeah, soon I'll be planning a wedding, and I just need a lot of prep time to think about planning the wedding. Right. I need a lead start on that. Um, and that's true. It's it's good to plan your wedding before you're even dating someone, just in case it comes up. Oh, I've already yeah. started planning my wedding. And I've planned my wedding and my funeral. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> We're going to die like the robots at the end of Bicentennial at the exact same time holding hands. Oh, that's really cute. Isn't that nice? I really like that. Yeah. That's, that's... actually really romantic. <laughs> Do you know how I'm going to start my uh, wedding ceremony? Mm. Um, I'm going to make a mosh pit joke and I'm going to ask everyone. I'm going to have the officiant say, are you ready to open this fucking pit of love? Oh. <laughs> It's really fucking stupid, but I'm obsessed with it. Well, as long as it makes you happy, that's what matters. That's the point, baby. My mom is going to be pissed, but it's my day. I'm the bride. I like to imagine that you're in a Catholic church when this happens. Oh, fuck yeah. At this point, the Catholic church has allowed gay marriage. And and I will definitely have, when he after he says pit of love, there's going to be like a heavy metal guitar riff. Yeah, and everyone's going to be like, cool, Satan is here. <laughs> oh, shoot, Satan's here. Call it off. You guys, we can't have this wedding in the church anymore. This has happened again. I can't believe this. Not again. Satan again. Um, okay. So she's like, I gotta quit. And then she gets a phone call telling her that she's gonna get smooched by Birdie. And she's like, guess mm. what? Fan club's back on. <laughs> fan club? Back on. I was being very rash. And I do have a little time to spare to still be in this fan club <laughs> before I am getting engaged. Um, Listen, you don't. Sometimes you just need a little bit of freedom, you know? <laughs> yes, I am engaged or pre-engaged. Engaged to be engaged. Engaged to be engaged. Uh-huh. But, you know, you got to live. Yeah, let me have one last fling. This one is sort last of like fling. her bachelorette. Exactly. Um, and I love that. But instead of that one last fling, she gets one last kiss. Uh, so I don't understand why they decide to go to Sweet Apple, Ohio, instead of just flying her to yeah, New York City. I don't get that. There would be no drama. You're right. That's, we, that's we true. The, we need the adults. We need Hugo. We need them all pissed off. You're right. We need you everybody need, in the town. You need to rile the small town up. I just feel yeah. like they could have solved a lot of problems if they had just flown her right out. Right to, to the New Ed York Sullivan City. show. Nothing exciting happens in New York <laughs> Right. That's true. That's true. That's why Famously. there's never been shows here. Yeah. Um, a crowd of teenage girls sees them off at the New York City train station, although one girl is sad because she thinks that by the time Conrad gets out of the army, she will be too old for him. She'll be 19. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's mad. gross. It's gross. It's not good. What I love is that it's the assumption is that uh, teen idols will only love the girls that love them when they're the age that they love them. Um, I really hate to break it to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. <laughs> they do. All teen idols are pedophiles. You heard it here. Folks. You heard it first, here first, folks. folks. Um. So then, yeah. So then, that's when Albert's like, "Don't be sad. Someone will want to fuck you when you're 19, probably." <laughs> Just not me. Most likely someone will. Odds are. It is old. You're right. But just smile about it. You're basically a spinster at that point. <laughs> uh, and then the tabloids show up, as they always as do. As they always do. I'm constantly dodging that. <laughs> and um, they're like, 
what's going on? Who's he fucking? Who's he uh, doing drugs with? Mm. And the girls are like, he's normal. He's a normal American boy. So he does drugs with his sisters. (laughs) He only keeps it in the family. (laughs) He does light edibles on Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's it. Just so he can get the munchies and stuff his face. (laughs) He's never even rolled a joint. He's normal. He just, he doesn't know how to do that. Um, So then they arrive in Sweet Apple, Ohio, and Conrad is treated like a war hero before he even goes to war. Yeah. Which I love. Mm -hmm. We Uh, love you, Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) While singing America the Beautiful, I think, or... Yeah. Like it was like over it. Like we the girls are singing We Love You Conrad and then <laughs> Oh, oh beautiful. Well, we we love America too. Never forget it's that so- we love America. Well, of course. Yeah, always. This is the fifties. This yeah. is when like patriotism was at its height. <laughs> yeah, that's when it was. Yeah. <laughs> Balls deep in the red scare. <laughs> Absolutely. rampant. Well, that's why, that's why, like, they make so many fucking jokes in the movie about, like, communism and, um, like, the whole Moscow ballet mm-hmm. aspect where they have, like, the picture of Gorbachev or, um, Khrushchev that Khrushchev. keeps, um, fucking changing during <laughs> that one scene when they're watching the Moscow ballet. Yes. Or, um, the, they, like, at one point, the head of the Moscow Ballet makes a joke about Barry Goldwater, which yeah. was very funny. So they do make a lot of jokes. Th- this movie has jokes, and they do make a lot of references to the <laughs> fucking Red Scare. <laughs> what a time in America. Um, Not a good time. <laughs> Not if you're but Russian. But it was a long time. <laughs> it's fine if you're a red-blooded American who loves America. And isn't a homosexual. <laughs> Um, yes, this is when he was like, I, I love you. And she's like, yeah, I definitely for sure love you too. Don't worry. We'll be together right after the Ed Sullivan show. Right. We'll we'll be together after Sunday. Just wait for like three days. To quote my favorite friend's character, Ross Geller, they are on a boat. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I I hate that. Can I go? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) You can just hang up whenever you'd like. Favorite friends, my favorite friends character, Ross Geller. Um, no, (laughs) if only if only he had pinned her just a week later, you know, yeah. And that's why, if you're thinking about doing some big romantic gesture, just hold on a minute, just like wait, just wait a week, just wait a week, think about it, yeah. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Slow yeah. down. Take just, it from like a 50 to a 30. I speak for all girlfriends in America when I say, don't propose just yeah. yet. Give it a little more time. Uh, okay. So Conrad shows up and I guess all the parents up to this point were like, yeah, just that's the teen idol my children are obsessed with, but right. hadn't really thought much about. And then he shows up and all the girls are like, oh, and they're like, oh, this guy's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> So uninvolved in his in their children's life until this point. The mayor's wife has no lines in the show, but her big comedic <laughs> moment is fainting four times during Honestly Sincere. Man, it is funny. You have to be such a good physical comedian oh, yeah. to just nail the escalation of faints yeah. and how and, you do it. Like yeah. you can't I'm so sorry. Oh my god. So, we are I recording. Am, Please silence your cell phones. I am Cell phones so on silent. Sorry. The show is about to fucking begin. I'm so, so, so sorry. I can't apologize enough. Um. Anyway, you have to be a great actress to 
figure out how you're going to do we say actress is it offensive to say actress i don't know i don't know what the rules are not when we're talking about a show from the 60s you're right (laughs) (laughs) gender is important in 1961 that's correct so in this case an actress to decide like how to escalate the feints so that you're not just coming out at a 10 you know what i mean right despite what david crosby tells you you can't (laughs) You, you can't you be at a 10 levels. at all times. <laughs> the faints won't read if you're at a 10 the whole time, you see. Exactly. <laughs> That's just a classic director's note. <laughs> um, okay. So he sings Honestly Sincere, which is a great song. It's a great song, though I do need to point out that... Um, to all the straight men listening to this podcast, I really need Bold you... Bold of you to assume that there are I, I'm just saying. It's just me. It's, it's just, just Mark, Mark and he's here. <laughs> it's just Mark and he is here. I need you all to get in touch with the fact that your spine and your hips can move independently of each other. <laughs> I just need you all to understand that you don't have to just walk rigid backed literally every goddamn second of your life. <laughs> literally watching conrad in the movie try to wiggle his hips i was like this man has never wiggled his hips a day in his life in his defense those pants looked constricting true they looked like it was not a flexible fabric maybe it was he was really tight in them (laughs) but i feel like this is can i yes I just want, I have qualms about this song only because speak on that. I truly do not like musicals <laughs> about musicians. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I don't know if the songs are songs that they're singing. Like, those are their like top song, like their songs from their re- repertoire, uh-huh. or if they're singing their emotions, like uh-huh. of all the rest of the songs from the musicals. Uh-huh. When Conrad sings Honestly Sincere and One Last Kiss, I'm like, are, are these your what you feel? Or are you trying to get some little girls horned up? It's definitely for horny little girls. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> is, is, is this music diegetic or is it non-diegetic? I will say that whoever wrote the songs nailed the Presley vibe. Agreed. They feel like very Elvis Presley. Um, but yes, Mark, I agree. It's very annoying to sing a regular song when you're in the middle of doing musical. That's why I walked out of Jersey Boys. <laughs> and that's why I won't watch. I've refused on principle. <laughs> exactly. My grandpa at the theater during Jersey Boys. I'm like, I can't do this enough, shit. Enough. Enough. <laughs> and I and I throw my drink on the stage in my signature souvenir Jersey Boys cup. But it's, that cost me forty dollars. I won't be. I won't be lied to like this right i will never drink gatorade out of this cup again (laughs) i'll drink my pedialytes out of my shrek souvenir cup obviously um okay has emotions (laughs) (laughs) i did really love in the movie so right before uh right before conrad shows up hugh and kim are talking and she's like i have to do this for the town Think of the economic. Think, yes. <laughs> Think of the things that could happen if I do this economically for our small town. There will be a boom in business. There People will, be a, will move here. There will be a population boom. It's so psychotic for a teenager to a think like that yes. and b think that that is realistic. Like no one just moved to Seattle because Twilight was there. Right. Well, <laughs> they went. They didn't move there. Um, I just really love that. If the government today was so concerned about the economy with coronavirus, they should have just sent a teen idol <laughs> to Jackson Hole. To- 
Send Sean Mendes to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for the good of the country. For the good of the country. Hunton would have loved it. (laughs) Please, someone send Nick Jonas to Tampa, Florida. That's how you get all the gay men. We never would have needed a stimulus check if some celebrity just kissed a girl. Thank you. If we had started our celebrity draft as i have proposed the draft of all the one directioners into five different wars in america only we don't we do not send them overseas no no no. we we couldn't they'll never come back if we send them away they'll just they'll get away from us little scamps get away and i won't have that um okay so then um fucking kim's dad gets involved and he's so mad that his daughter would deign to smooch anybody on tv Mm -hmm. that he's like i'm pulling the plug on this whole operation i'm the dad and that's and that's what i say um and everyone is like no 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 you you're all gonna be on tv albert peterson is like what if i just put you all on that television show dad's like all right, then in that case, you can do whatever you want to my daughter on live TV. <laughs> yep. And then begins my favorite song in the whole show. Is, go ahead and tell us. Oh, it is three straight minutes of four people singing the name Ed Sullivan. <laughs> the height of musical theater. Yes. <laughs> Why don't shows do that anymore? <laughs> Just singing a phrase on loop. Do you think like the writers are like, oh, the show's running a little short but there's nowhere to put a new song. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about here? And what if they just sing the name of a popular TV host? Yeah, what if we just bulked it up by two minutes by right. having them yeah. repeat Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan? Yeah. Oh, uh, the show's style. only an hour and 58 minutes. <laughs> it needs to be two hours or else it's not eligible for the Tonys. <laughs> exactly. My high school action, I think the, like, the whole like town of, the whole like ensemble like comes in and sings like oohs and ahs. And because it, the song title is Him for a Sun, Sunday Evening, we got uh, the actors' uh, church choir robes. But my high school couldn't afford 80 church choir robes. <laughs> oh, good. So the first 20 people came out wearing the robes. And then immediately after, here comes 60 more people just wearing their regular costume. <laughs> like, cut the 60 out. Just put those 20 in and right. we're good. Call the local church, see if you can borrow their robes. What's yeah. happening here? Or like I'm going to Catholic school, we gotta have robes. We, I know here. we have robes. I know we're all wearing them every day, all the time, every single day. What about what about graduation robes? You can pass those off as <laughs> choir robes. Oh my god! Wow, real lack of uh, out of outside the box thinking. Yeah, honestly, from, from the director of your high school production of Bye Bye Birdie. I'm a little shocked. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Um, okay. Albert's overbearing mother comes. Um, I gotta say in the movie, she's not racist. Uh, no. as Rosie is played by a white woman. Um, she's just insane and like very, uh, attached to her son. Just constantly threatening to die. Constantly threatening to go. Oh, got a little street noise. Hello. Connor farted. Sorry, you guys. I just couldn't hold it in anymore. Um, I thought it was a really good idea to do it right into the mic. Connor, I don't know, normally speak on this, but I think you should get that investigated. I think you should get that checked out. I'm concerned. Um, get it in 
<laughs> Excuse me, I'm here for an investigation <laughs> by a medical doctor. By a medical detective. <laughs> Let's write that CBS drama, Medical Detective. <laughs> it's like House, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> the doctors have guns. <laughs> They shoot at the disease. That is how America has basically been treating coronavirus. So it would would be really good. I think we would have a prime audience for it. It's like a combination of house meets. What's that one where um, Angelina Jolie's in it and they can curve the bullets? Oh, um, wanted. Yeah, Yeah. wanted. Wanted. I was about to say taken. (laughs) Medical (laughs) medical detectives is wanted where they can just bend the bullets to hit the viruses in your bloodstream. anything inside your body it misses your spine all that stuff all your internal organs fine but the the virus the pathogens in your blood dead (laughs) dead cold stone cold dead exploded by medical detective (laughs) (laughs) i think it has legs Okay. I do too. So, you guys, nobody take this. Okay, we're gonna write this it. Is this, copyright. This is copyright. We're calling dibs. You're mailing it to myself right now <laughs> for the inevitable court case um, yeah. over medical detective. So, uh, in the show, tragically, in the stage show, the mom is a racist, and yeah. she's like, "I don't want you to marry this girl because I'm a racist." Uh, here okay. is Gloria Rasputin. Hilarious name, oh, by the way. God. Um, a yeah. hottie with a body who tap dances. <laughs> oh my god, hubba hubba. hubba I gotta hubba. say, I love the mom's bit of constantly talking to the dead husband. It's so good. It's fucking hilarious. Where does she, she do that in the show? I hope. Fingers crossed. Wait, the, who does she talk to again? Sorry. The dead husband. The dead, her, yeah. Oh, the dead dog? Oh, no. Tell us about the dead dog. Yeah, she named her company Elme Lou after her dog Lou. And <laughs> She talks to the dead dog in the stage version. That's a better. That's a better. Joke. I know. I don't know why they changed that. I love that. It's uh, that's that's funnier because it's even more unhinged. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is bananas. Yeah. Straight up. I really like, but I love the bit because like every time something doesn't go her way, she's like, "Wait for me, Lou. I'm coming." Mm-hmm. It's very funny. I'm on my way, and then she crawls into an oven. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's that's objectively hilarious. Very funny. Um, does Kizzy say has heaven in Act Two? Yes, it does. Okay, and then we'll wait. Um, so he, he's introduced. Uh, Albert Peterson is introduced to Gloria Rasputin again. Hilarious name. Um, who is a tap dancer, and she's like, "This is my one shot at show business." A songwriter whose <laughs> song is yet to be played. Uh, the mom sings "Swanee River" while Gloria tap dances. Oh my god! What? I'm devastated that that was cut out of the film because what a good yeah. Har- how do you tap yeah. dance this one? <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now and I'm really laughing at I'm tap dancing to Swanee River. <laughs> Meryl's completely she's melted into the couch. You know, and <laughs> I'm thinking about specifically the Eugene Levy version of Swanee River from Waiting for Kaufman. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's really it's really making me laugh um, that someone would attempt to tap dance to that. I love that. Incredible. Um, 
Okay. And then this is usually depicted as her making a fool of herself. So then do we just like, is that the end of Gloria Rasputin? You'll never see her again. Amazing. Yeah. We're introduced to her hopes and her dreams, and then she's just, she fucks up Swanee (laughs) River and she's dead to us. She's yeeted off stage. She leaves the office and hit by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) That's show business for you. Show business, baby. Oh my God. One day you're tap dancing to Swanee River, the next day you're flat under a bus. (laughs) Sometimes the same day, sometimes just later that day. Um, okay, so then, um, oh, this says Albert gives Gloria a typing job, which is, which pisses off his secretary, of course, because that's like a secretary's number one job. Is yeah, typing. it's typing. Um, and Rosie's like, fuck this. I'm going to think about all the ways I'm going to murder you, <laughs> which I, I will think about it in ballet form. Connect with. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst us hasn't stewed on the couch thinking about how I yes. could kill you for the things that you do that make me so mad. Thank you. I ask. Thank you. Uh, but then she decides to come up with a better idea and she's like, Hugo, why don't you fuck this whole thing up? Oh, yeah. And I like oh, that. My- <laughs> An old baby, he do. Um, since everybody's jealous right now, they're like, fuck this. Conrad's going to get screwed. Um, Oh, this is the end of the movie, but instead it's just yeah. happening as the act break. Well, because, uh, the act break. Uh, yeah, the act break in the show is the the punch during the recording. But then all of the things that happen in the second act uh-huh. are like everything that happens prior to the punch. Prior to the punch. It feels in the like movie. ending on the punch is a smarter move, but yeah. it's interesting that it's the act break here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he does. That's the sabotage plan. And as he's singing, as Conrad is singing One Last Kiss and leans in to kiss Kim, Hugo runs on stage and punches him in the face, knocking him unconscious. Maybe this man shouldn't go to war. (laughs) (laughs) He got knocked out by a 15-year-old boy. He can't take a one cold cock to the face. (laughs) And we're sending this man to Korea? We're sending him to fight for our country? (laughs) (laughs) I have a story about this moment from when I played Hugo. Good. Share with us. Um, I come in to do the punch. I punch Conrad. He spins around and headbutts Kim in the nose. Blood (gasps) everywhere. (laughs) She runs up before she could say her final line. And then we spend all of intermission, like the whole cast director, trying to patch her up and make, because she has the first song in the second act. Oh, God. it i can't do it but she pulled through and she crushed that is professionalism professionalism i haven't talked to this girl since 2008 (laughs) and i looked at her last week to ask if i could tell the story yes my god shout out to her she's a star she's a star she's a professional and we love her she should get her equity card <laughs> for that for, for that getting moment hit in the face by a, a boy's head yeah that would hurt like a motherfucker nobody oh, wins yeah. in a headbutt oh no. on the nose no thank yeah. you yeah she's saying with her face like black and blue the guy who played conrad just quit smoking and because of that he got so stressed out he smoked like half a pack during that intermission <laughs> oh no <laughs> Wait, no, this wasn't high school. Yeah, this was community theater. So he, I believe, was in his late 20s, early 30s. I mean, I know high schoolers smoke. Maybe not now, but they did. They smoke jewels now. (laughs) Now they smoke uh, USB jump drives and stuff. But they got that old popcorn lung. (laughs) I don't know 
I I really couldn't tell you. There was some one at some point Mitch and I were watching something that had a commercial. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Hulu? <laughs> I wanna say Hulu. No, I pay for no commercials on Hulu. We were really watching on like you that. know those fake streaming services that are like, Yeah, you can watch it here for free, but it's actually just yeah. like every 15 minutes there's 40 straight seconds of ads yeah it was one of those and it was like a new york state sponsored ad to get kids to quit drooling Mm. and so it was like the computer was talking to the kid it was like those versions of the drug commercials but worse yeah you know when they were like your dog doesn't want you to do drugs and it was just like like a a flattened out noodle woman (laughs) and her dog was like so sad i think about that commercial (laughs) at least once a week so it was was like that vibe but it was about not smoking jewels and it was just like a computer who was like chastising this kid like Somehow Mitch and I turned it into this weird bit about like you're smoking the computer's son and like killing him and the computer is mad at you and you just have to apologize profusely to the computer. I'm so sorry I didn't know computer. No. Um anyway, that's why we're not allowed to watch commercials anymore. <laughs> In this house there's a rule. No oh my God. commercials. Um okay. So Conrad falls unconscious, Rosie dumps Albert, Albert trying to cover up all of the bullshit just sings a song which i love (laughs) that's what i do in crisis also (laughs) that's show business (laughs) the show must go on even if the star and future army soldier future member of the u.s army has been knocked out by a 15 year old cold by a jealous 15 year old the night i heard my dad died i just sang healthy normal american just at the top of my lungs i I screamed it and and that made it better right yeah yeah, yeah. i have not felt anything since (laughs) sounds about right music works it just (laughs) works uh and that's why we don't take ssris and none of us are depressed (laughs) because we're musical theater yeah exactly (laughs) therapy when you have the obc of bye bye baby exactly i can do all things through dick van dyke who guides me um <laughs> and that's what i say that is the act ender let's take a quick break and we will be right back with act two back from intermission we're back baby mark went to school with us we all attended the very prestigious university of missouri still accredited theater Mm -hmm. department program Uh, and mark and i used to do this very dumb bit where we pretended to be stage managers um (laughs) and gave because we never were to be clear we were talent not tech um Except for the two times you're required to be tech. Except for the times that I was forced by gunpoint to be tech. Um, you can't graduate unless you do tech. Exactly. One of those times I was... A, you can't be an actor unless you tech one show. Yeah, yeah, unless you know how tech work, which is fake. Um, but uh, we would just talk into a microphone stand. No mic in it. Of course. But, <laughs> Uh, and give really mean notes to people who were acting on stage. Things like, uh, have you considered trying to act? Um, <laughs> I don't even remember all of them. But then always the note would end with top of act one. <laughs> Just constantly sending everyone back to the top of an act. No matter where funny. we were. Yeah, it, it didn't matter like, where we were in the scene. Of course. I think we would whisper to each other like right before bows. Top of act one. <laughs> top, top of act one. <laughs> have you tried um, doing anything at all? 
as though a stage manager has that power right as though the stage manager is the director stage manager can do whatever we want in our minds um my two tech roles were i did three for some reason i ran soundboard once and Mm. missed a cue every show or did my cue early or did the wrong cue um it was just hitting a space bar but i got so nervous about it that i would imagine that the stage manager was cueing me and i would hit it and then it was not right um and then i also had to be master electrician which is psychotic because i only passed lighting because dean felt sorry for me of course Uh, i did not do a good job in that class at all um and also i didn't know how to hang lights so shout out to rob gloss who hung all the lights for famous for our violet episode i just called him up was like can you please come to corner i don't know how to do this and rob famously loves lights and was like i'm in this was for bright ideas i'm pretty sure i remember that yeah Yeah. and then i also did props for true west oh my god that must have been a nightmare it was a nightmare um for a lot of reasons. And I worked with Scott. Were you there the night that the the um, golf club broke? No, but I told them several times not to do it because the golf club would break. Yeah, and the, and famously it did break. And famously it did break because it's a golf club. And you can break it just hitting it against the ground. Yeah, much basically. Much less a fucking typewriter. Um, I've broken hitting golf balls. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so insane. The school we went to is insane. But Wild. Um, something ha- Scott also was on that show. He did something that also was like loosely prop i don't remember what his position was Mm -hmm. but um he picked out like plants or something and kevin hated them kevin brown famously directed true west kevin hated them and was talking shit about me for having picked them out to scott but scott was the one who had picked them out (laughs) (laughs) scott was like i actually chose those and because he was apparently wow what a terrible props master she's so bad at her job which is true but also you don't need to say that to people no you don't need to say that to other students i also went with kevin brown in his car to uh, to hobby lobby did his um, car smell really bad i feel like his car would smell really bad no it was dirty but uh it didn't stink and then we came out of the hobby lobby and we stood at someone else's car that he thought was his (laughs) for five minutes while he tried to unlock it Oh my god. He was like, I don't know why it's not working. And then he's like, wait a minute, this isn't my car. It was too long for how long we stood there, both at the door, he him hitting unlock us trying to pull the, the door handles. While the car two cars away was, was beeping. beeping. <laughs> Honest to God. Anyway, that, that is man... the most fucking Kevin Brown thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. It was wild. I was like live tweeting the experience. <laughs> like please someone get me out of this fucking car yeah i did sound design for kevin brown's first show which you were in do you remember the noises yes i forgot kevin did arcadia yeah i i did sound design and there's supposed to be a gunshot and then a bunch of crows flying away so i took one crow sound and looped it 40 times so loud and so long the loudest (laughs) it doesn't even fade it just cuts it just stops (laughs) it was so funny i tried to keep it in but he would not cut it unfortunately damn what was your other tech job um i think i was the stage manager for the new play series so i Mm. didn't have to do anything i just sat up 
in that booth while people did stage readings, and I'm pretty sure I just watched Parks and Rec. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. That's but a I quality education. Rehearsals, so that was awful. Oh, that sounds miserable. Yeah, it was like 50 plays that I have to like sit right. through and like that i'm not i don't have a light i'm just watching lights go up lights go down nothing happens here <laughs> it's it's not even lights changing mid read it's yeah, truly just yeah. up down right yeah like i turn the house lights on and we're good <laughs> <laughs> good to go baby uh we're, connor what were your tech assignments um i did not i only ever did one i think <gasps> wow Connor hasn't graduated yet. They just I took didn't. my extra. They took my surplus yeah. Yeah. teching. And Actually, just added it to yours. Uh, I can't remember the one that I did. I do remember was I was a uh, light op for um, lightboard op for a mm-hmm. uh, play in corner, and it was the play that um, one of our uh, friends or like one of our students associates associates. <laughs> Um, appeared on stage drunk. Yeah. Well, that's it was, what happens yeah. when you have a when you play have a, playing on Homecoming. On Homecoming. Like, literally. What do you expect? But the funny part was, was that I was also drunk, and I was in the booth, yeah, like, toasted. Everyone <laughs> there was drunk. Everyone in the audience watching it was yeah. drunk. Everyone on stage was drunk. Everyone doing tech was drunk. Exactly. Um, and we, the, the, uh, the actor who was in question, in question, who was drunk, he fell uh, down on stage. He like kept missing lines and entrances. And the poor stage manager came over the mic and she was like, "What's happening?" And I had been at the same party sure. that that the actor had been at, and I was just and I, like I said, I was sitting next to her, toasted, and I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch him take any nine I, or ten shots. I definitely did not walk up to him and say, hey, we have to be at the theater in an hour. And then he said, okay. And he downed his beer and took a shot. <laughs> state oh, yeah, yeah. school. State school. State school. I have a drunk story. T- and and it, to bring it back to Bye Bye Birdie. Of course. Uh, the kid who played Harvey Johnson mm-hmm. uh, at the telephone hour, like his... He has he's a gorgeous singer. The it's he has the most beautiful voice and he gets has to play this idiot who has to like crack his voice while asking girls to the prom. Yes. Uh, he shows up to one of the we I think we're day drinking. I stopped early and he kept going and then we show up to the do the show and he he's not hammered but he's so drunk that he can't crack his voice oh, no so it's, he sounds beautiful when, like it doesn't ruin the show it just makes it funny for us right. that he hello mrs merkel this is harvey johnson can i speak to <laughs> the gorgeous vibrato yeah just it, sounds like a fop so it works right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and like doesn't affect the show at all but i was just back or on stage i'm like perfect good this is just for me yeah <laughs> This joke is just for me. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you for bringing us back to Bye Bye Birdie. I could truly talk about our horrible undergrad <laughs> program um, for, for three hours. Days. Um, all right. Okay. Let's spin off podcast <laughs> all about new theater. <laughs> It'll be for two people that we all go to brunch with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so despite plans, uh, top of act two, despite plans to refilm the broadcast, Rosie and Kim resolve to leave their stupid fucking boyfriends. <laughs> um, and they're like, we're really fucking stupid for ever being in love. And they sing, what did I ever see in him? Which is the song that your friend <laughs> whose nose was cracked wide open yeah. <laughs> had to sing at the very top. And yep. at that point, I would be feeling um, pretty stupid, too. So that's yeah. fair. 
um, Conrad, who survives being knocked out, thank God. Oh, we were really worried. Um, is like a time to go out and have a good time on my last night as <laughs> a civilian. Is not I'm, being in the army. <laughs> I'm going to war. Let's hang out with 15 year olds, right? In a town I've never been to with nobody that I love. Good. This is good to me. This is this is exactly what I want. Um, he's like, come on, guys, let's party. Uh, get out of your houses and come party with me, teen girls. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I love this number. A lot of living to do. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. very fun. It's yeah. Fun. Um, and we. This is a perfect example of Hollywood needs to start doing this in terms of um filming dance, because literally you just watch them all in the wide. All in a wide. That's it. No cuts. No stupid bullshit. Yeah. And I love the little dance they do with the little kicks in there. It's so much kicking in the movie. So I much love cook- it. It's kicking. a perfect choreo. Oh yes, agreed. No leaps, no turns. It's truly just a step in a kick. A step in a kick. And then also, Dick Van Dyke does his little um, penguin waddle yeah. a couple times in "Put on a Happy Face," which. Now, is that just a classic dance move or was Dick Van Dyke like, I got two things in my repertoire. (laughs) It's falling down and doing penguin waddle. And they were like, we're going to take it. (laughs) We'll work it. But barely. (laughs) He did. Yeah. (laughs) Skin of his fucking teeth. It's like when a choreographer is like, okay, well, what can you do? Maybe we can incorporate that into the movies. He's like, "Uh, this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've seen a little film called Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this tiny little thing uh has cartoon penguins in it i can do that i can <laughs> and the choreographer's like you could do cartoon penguins no 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 no, no i can i can i can waddle, waddle like, like a penguin <laughs> very different very very different <laughs> <laughs> okay kim's like guess what i'm also gonna party let's fucking do it mm-hmm. sneaks out of her house um conrad kim and all the teenagers except for hugo Head for the ice house, which is where people go when they want to be alone. Okay. (laughs) Um, Hugo goes to Maud's roadside retreat, hoping to get drunk. Um, Mm -hmm. But he is underage. Yeah, he is underage. In the movie, it's called Maud's Madcap Cafe. Yes. And the fun, I really fucking loved this bit because they were like, "You can't go to Maud's. It's what that place is wild. It's Mm -hmm. the craziest place in town." And then they walk in to Maud's. And it's literally the tamest bar I've ever seen in my fucking life with like three people in it. Yes. Yeah. Now, is that the that's the same bar where they where Rosie shows up, right? And goes yes. to the basement and the Shriners are having a meeting. Yeah. Incredible. So mods is empty because all the Shriners are downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Course. That makes sense. There we go. Number one rule. You, you don't want people to show up to something. Invite the Shriners. Yeah. Amen. Everyone's afraid of their little cars. Yes. Little cars. Yeah. They drive the cars in the parade. Am I crazy? Everyone knows the Shriners. Yeah, the, they're the ones with like the red the, the fez. Yeah, they have the red fez. And then they drive their little cars in parades. I don't remember yeah. the cars. Hmm. Connor, have you ever been to a parade? Um, <laughs> Connor, have you one time in your life been to a non-gay parade? <laughs> you guys, I have, but the problem was is I was marching. I was in marching band, so I didn't get to see the parade. I was... I was the parade. The old men were zooming around in their little cars? No, I was... You guys have to understand that when I went to a par- parades and marching band, it was very early. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I was 10. <laughs> and I wanted to sleep, but I had to play the saxophone. Connor, I just don't know about that. That just doesn't sound right at all to me. <laughs> One Memorial Day off and watch. <laughs> watch the 
the fucking parade. Hold on. Now I got to find Shriner's cars. Uh, here we go. Here Another we go. tangent. <laughs> they, I can't believe this. They're little tiny cars, Connor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, well, you'll only get this. I'm pretty sure Krusty, his monkey in The Simpsons, is a Shriner. Because yeah, he yeah. has a little car. Does. Well, there's hat. an entire episode of The Simpsons where um, Homer joins the Masonic like temple or whatever. No spoilers. That's in like, the first season. <laughs> the stone cutters. Those are. Oh yeah, the stone cutters. Yeah. Um. So anyway, tweet at us <laughs> if you've seen Shriners in a little car. Apparently, if you've seen that episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah, and do tweet us about The Simpsons. Um. Okay. What what the fuck is this? <laughs> Connor, look at cars. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe this. They all drove their little cars over and everyone saw them in the parking lot and they were like, Don't go to mods, fucking shriners are there. Probably. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah, you don't want to go to the basement with these men. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they are unhinged. Anyone who drives a car yeah. that small is not right in yeah. their brain. So Harry, the dad, Harry McAfee, um, like the security software, uh, yeah. discovers that Kim, his daughter, has run away. And so he and his wife lament how disobedient kids are these days um, in Kids, which is a classic song uh, of grievance from parents <laughs> about how much their kids suck shit. <laughs> I can't believe that it's been more. I can't believe that that song existed in the 60s and remains true today. Yeah. Absolutely. Just proof that everyone has kids and they all hate them. I'm surprised that yeah. um, we don't hear this song more often from boomers. <laughs> well, we do yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way, we sort of do. It's truly fun that this song was written about how much people hate boomers. <laughs> yeah. The boomers are the kids in question. Exactly. Yeah. Incredible. Everyone's always hated them. <laughs> They've always sucked. They've always been hated, been reviled. <laughs> Uh, Rosie ends up at mods and starts flirting with other men um, because she's dumped Albert and she's waited eight years and she ain't getting any younger. You know what I mean? And she like invades the Shriner meeting and wow. like they just the, the funniest part is that they just continue the meeting while she's just <laughs> running around the room. She's running around shaking her fringe at them and they're like, well, we better next agenda item. <laughs> Yes. Moving on, little cars. Where are we going to get the gas for them? Things like that. <laughs> Things of that nature. Um, but I, we missed a song, didn't we? What did we miss? Uh, Baby, talk to me. Just, just coming up on it. Albert phones her and oh, begs her oh, to return. Poor Shriners, but I don't remember. All good. No, no, no. We're. Uh, it's Baby, talk to me. Doesn't exist in the movie. The movie is that uh, Albert's already at the restaurant, and that's kind of what makes Rosie act insane. Because mm-hmm. Albert's there with his mom, and she's like, oh, well, if you're here, I'm just going to show you how over you I am. Um, yeah. She's like, I'm going to go see what the boys in the basement are drinking. And she goes yeah. downstairs. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's character runs after her and falls down the stairs and is knocked unconscious. Yeah, he get, and he like continually throughout the entire addressed. thing, he keeps knocking himself unconscious. Yeah. Um, and then she like humps the Shriners. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, but in the in the show, Albert calls the bar, I assume, and is like, baby, talk to me. Don't, you know, come back. Which is my, I. that's one of my favorite songs in the show. I don't know why. It's so <laughs> simple, so unnecessary. Yeah. He He's a barbershop quartet with three people in the bar while he's on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't make sense, but 
It's nice. But it works. It's cute. We yeah. love a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Rosie interrupts a Shriners meeting. Um, she flirts with all the Shriners. They all begin a wild dance, which, as we all know, is code for an orgy. Um, oh. Hubert and Albert, sorry, Hugo and Albert rescue Rosie from the crazed Shriners. And Albert finally stands up to his mother telling her to go home. Isn't that nice? Um, he finally did something for Rosie <laughs> after Rosie has done so much for so him. fucking much for him. And then his racist mom stands up and is like, okay, I'm leaving, I guess, even though I worked so hard for you and delivered you even for three days I waited uh, <laughs> for you to come out of me. Um, she sings A Mother Doesn't Matter Anymore. In the movie, her lament is sort of like wrapped up with kids. Yeah. Kids these days. There's a line where she's like... Oh, fuck, I'm not going to remember it. And it's very funny. But she's basically like, the day, like, when he was born, I went to the hospital and waited for him three days so he wouldn't have to be alone when he was born. Right. <laughs> just, very, <laughs> just very funny to me for some reason. <laughs> so you wouldn't have to come into the world alone. Um, it's very good. Uh, the Hugo rats all the kids out to the parents. Um, and they're like, what the fuck? And they all sing kids reprise as a mob song while they march over to the ice house. The adult <laughs> ensemble in the show really got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing is like a line in the kids reprise and then maybe a little bit of healthy, normal American boy. Yeah. <laughs> like and, the adults. And I played Hugo because it was like, and I think in the Broadway versions, since they got like actual kids and adults, like, Literally, they hired like 15 adults to just be backstage for two hours. <laughs> In full makeup, full beat, yeah. wigs, yeah. Um, yeah. mics taped to their faces. Yes. To sing kids' reprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Randolph. Wait, who the fuck is Randolph? That's uh, Kim's That's little brother. Kim's little brother. Oh, right. I forgot about him. The man who owns the tortoise. Yeah, the, um, the kid who owns the tortoise. sing about how bad kids are yeah. yeah and in the movie he's also um a chemist who uh, creates bombs yeah in the very beginning of the movie or not the very beginning but like all the kids are camped out on the um, mcafee's lawn to see conrad and randolph is out there and suddenly like a big plume of smoke goes up and the mom comes out and she's like randolph you know your father says if you make one more bomb you're gonna go to like <laughs> The disciplinary school or whatever the fuck yeah. it's just like one more bomb what the fuck is wrong with this kid <laughs> how, many bomb, how many bombs has he made she's very chill about the word bomb <laughs> for a mom in my opinion um yeah so randolph's like yeah teens do suck even though he's like 10 which is hilarious yeah. mm-hmm. uh it will come for you too buddy just like we've all been uh 21 yeah. you will also be a teen <laughs> Uh, the adults and police arrive at the ice house and arrest Conrad for attempted statutory rape. <laughs> it's good that high schools decided to do this yeah. show. In the 60s, statutory rape is considered a duosex machina. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> oh, I'll kill you. Oh, no. Um, Kim, who lied about her age to Conrad, claims she was intimidated. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm definitely almost 30. And Conrad's like, well, sure. Sounds good to me. I, there's no gonna, way to know for sure. The only way you could tell is if you cut off her leg and count the Try rings. And count the rings. <laughs> and you and don't have time. I'd like to have sex with you before that. Um, so then she's like, okay, 
sorry i thought about fucking conrad once i promise to love you now hugo um and then after a reconciliation with albert rosie's like i rosie's like yes albert i actually do love you um and then she tells off the mom and is like fuck you i don't care if you're a racist i'm gonna marry into this family anyway which girl you don't have to <laughs> you could just choose you can a, say no you could just choose a not racist family right there are plenty of other men in the sea but there's not many other men in the show <laughs> no um and she's like if you don't like it that much i'll just pretend to be even more right uh hispanic i'll yeah. just be more hispanic to piss you off let me sing the most racist song in the world. <laughs> Spanish Rose is the greatest song yeah. in the world. <laughs> no, I got the most racist. Most oh, racist. the most racist song in the world. <laughs> Especially when think, like two white guys are like sitting there, like, okay, what? How can we write this? Oh my god! <laughs> and then even worse when you're picturing like all the white girls playing that role in high school. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! And- why Bad. <laughs> Why is musical theater like this? <laughs> and why do high schools insist on perpetuating these traditions? <laughs> this is why the thesis of this podcast has become that musical theater is actually bad and we shouldn't it's, do it anymore. It's bad. <laughs> um, and it should be stopped. Uh, Albert bails Conrad out of jail, which is good. He has to go to war tomorrow. Um, you gotta get to war. And then decides to sneak him out of town dressed as a lady. A classic 60s bit. A classic gag. He he pulls a Mrs. Doubtfire, sneaks him out of the town so that he can report to the army to go to war. Explain to me why he can't just leave. Oh, because he broken out of jail? Because he was he's arrested for statutory rape. Uh, yeah, I'm confused about that because Albert pays his bail. Or, oh. I don't know. I mean... I guess the idea of bail is that you shouldn't leave. Right. But, uh, but then you just don't get your bail yeah. money back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's his choice if he wants to be a fugitive from the law while also being a hero for our country. He's a war hero. Almost. He can get pun- he's almost a war hero. <laughs> He'll get punched yeah. out by a 15 year old, but he's going to be a war hero. Um, He's like, don't worry, I'll sneak you out of jail so you can go to war. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, out Don't of worry. the you frying pan still, and into the fire. You can still go situation. to war. Don't worry. Um, and then Conrad's like, thank you so much. I appreciate this so much. You can work for me for life. <laughs> <laughs> and Albert's like, a sweet deal. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, Albert gets May to leave Sweet Apple on the same train, which gets Conrad and his mom out of his life for good. Albert's like, fuck New York. I never liked New York. He writes his goodbye New York Joan Didion essay. <laughs> And they're, we're going to fucking, we're going to Pumpkin Falls, Iowa, baby. Why are all these towns named after produce? I don't know. Some, it's just ridiculous. I don't even think you can grow pumpkins in Iowa. The soil's <laughs> not right. <laughs> the pH is all off for pumpkins in Iowa. Um, because they are in need of a married English teacher. Because they, I love that the job description says you must be married. <laughs> well, exactly. everyone knows that the horniest teaching position is English. <laughs> right. And if you're unmarried, you're likely to fuck a student. And we frown on and that. And we frown upon that. And you will suck and fuck your way through pumpkin falls. <laughs> <laughs> Run train on the 
phone book of <laughs> pumpkin falls. Don't say run train. <laughs> Uh, no, but I love that they think that he's married, so he won't do that. Well, yeah, because it's it's the law now. He can't he can't fuck his Legally, way through pumpkin. Falls. You can't suck and fuck anyone else if you're married. If you're married mm, legally, yeah. legally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you put it in your contract, you can write it on your marriage uh, license. You can write just it a little asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> allowed to suck and fuck. <laughs> but you get that. Or a prenup, you cannot have both. <laughs> you either get money or you get to suck and fuck, and those are right. your two options. <laughs> um, Albert's like, guess what? I will be married because I'm gonna propose to you, Rosie, and they get engaged. And she's like, I'm happy to go to Iowa, which is frankly not how I would behave to go to <laughs> Iowa personally. No, no, if someone was like, we got to go to Iowa, I'd be like. Is there any way we can go around it? I know they've got a great state fair, but I just don't know that that's worth it for me personally to go. Uh, Look, the Iowa State Fair fucks. Especially if you don't sign the suck and fuck clause. (laughs) (laughs) Then what is there in Iowa for you? Nothing. 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 Um, And that's the end. They move to Iowa and they live happily ever after. In theory. (laughs) They get to go to the state fair, and it's fun. I think they've got a lot of problems. A rough road ahead for these two kids, I think. No, I fully agree. (laughs) Bring back Birdie. uh, Rose and Albert's plotline is Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the roles are reversed, actually. It's not who you would think is playing Kramer and Kramer. (laughs) Exactly. It's actually different than you would think. Um, I think (laughs) that this is essentially the same situation of... Everything is really stressful right now, and I just think a baby will solve it. (laughs) (laughs) We've moved to this town where we know nobody, and we don't even have the benefit of a pop star to save, to give us credit. So we're going to have a kid and hope that that does something for us. (laughs) And who knows? Maybe this time it'll work. Maybe this time we'll be lucky. Uh, fuck you um anything before we get to man and chair any last thoughts mark i know you had pages and pages of notes connor you had pages and pages of notes hit us with some glorious insights my top two things i've wanted to say is well one i could say for man and chair but uh the other uh because dick van dyke's in this during quarantine i've been watching all of the dick van dyke show Love and that. i would pop off on the dick van dyke show for a second please it like there are five episodes a season where they literally just do not do a, a an app like it's not a plot they will just be like hey gang let's put on a show and i'll watch 25 minutes of dick van dyke and mary tyler moore dancing while maury amsterdam plays the cello and I'm like, no, 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 i want to see hijinks baby i don't want to see you perform i know you're a showman and then also they have fun richie and he is sent to bed before dinner every episode just because they don't want to have a kid like at the dinner party so they're like oh the sun's about to go down richie time for bed wash up and it's 4 p.m yeah like this 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 is stupid (laughs) this this is a bad show why did we let Um, this happen for so long my dick van dyke pop-offs are done that's okay (laughs) was worth it i was actually reading that he um they did the like audition for the dick van dyke show during bye bye birdie like during yeah. the original broadway run when dick van dyke was so they called it the dick van dyke show without having secured dick van dyke <laughs> no, it was called head of the family originally and carl reiner was gonna play it oh my god they, yeah and then they got dick van dyke um 
And I think he left Bye Bye Birdie for two weeks to film yeah. the pilot. And then when he comes back and then they're like, we're picking it up to a series. He's like, I don't know if I want to do a show. I want to stay in this production of Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> but he chose the show. Yeah, yeah, that was the correct choice. The cr- That's where the money correct. is. Yeah. Get the fuck out of Broadway. There's no money in There's theater. There's no money in theater. There's no money Dude, in TV anymore either. But... You make the money. <laughs> yeah, like John Stamos. Right. <laughs> One can only hope that John Stamos reverse Dick Van Dyke's <laughs> and becomes... Oh, yeah. Starts with a TV show, then does the stage production, and then becomes... Yeah. Um, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. yeah John Stamos is playing a penguin. He plays a penguin in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Return. <laughs> Featuring John Stamos as a penguin. <laughs> Featuring John Stamos as. <laughs> as the cartoon horse. The cartoon horse. <laughs> that would be, that's going to be in Mary Poppins 3. Yeah. With Emily Blunt. John Stamos in Mary Poppins Returns plays the Batman villain, the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one penguin, and it is Danny DeVito. Was Lin Manuel Miranda in Mary Poppins? He was. Okay. Yeah, I think he's Bert. Ooh. Yeah, he's like the new Bert. He was like a thing. He was like major. Yeah, he oh. was like the like the second main character. That's. Um, I'm gonna need to process that for a few hours. Maybe yeah, laying down it's and staring definitely at something. The Hmm. that's just a real day ruiner for me personally. I'm really sorry that we had to deliver this information to you right now. Dick Van Dyke rolling in his grave. He's still alive. (laughs) Alive and well. He's very much still alive. He was in that movie. He is very old. And this is going to be banked for at least a week and a half. I... Anything could happen. We're about to lose Trump. We're about to lose Dixon. We're about to lose Three Jimmy days Carter. ago, our president was very healthy. <laughs> that is correct. Now he teeters on the precipice of death. So <laughs> I'm just hedging my bets when I say RIP to Dick Van Dyke. Absolutely. Rest in power, King. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a walking skeleton, like right now. <laughs> he yeah. looks like he's very old, because he is. <laughs> but he's so broad-shouldered. He looks like a thick skeleton. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's got collarbones like a femur just yeah <laughs> you could you could knock a man out with collarbones like that hell yeah <laughs> okay let's move on to man in chair absolutely mark man in chair this for us now i i i forgot what does man in chair mean does this mean do I you like tell us show? why you liked it yeah okay <laughs> someone's never seen drowsy chaperone um i think the show is other than the racism mm-hmm. and the statutory rape mm-hmm. it is perfect okay. and those are two little things they're very Um, small you could overlook them i mean every song is so much fun Mm -hmm. like the Conrad ones especially but even like the ones that are just like kind of pushing plot forward i'm like oh this is catchy as hell i like listening to just what did i ever see in him the telephone hour is a wonderful introduction to sweet apple yeah i think all musicals need to have 15 of the most annoying voices in theater <laughs> on a Broadway cast recording <laughs> and do telephone hour style songs. I need shrieking yeah. at all times. What's the story? Murder <laughs> I want to hear you love Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. Thousands of times. A thousand times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, all in all, this is a great show. And I also want to quickly add I love that the composer, uh, Charles Strauss made Bring Back Birdie, and he also did Annie too. <laughs> he 
This guy is the king of Broadway sequels. He I love loves, that. He loves, he the loves second a part. Broadway sequel. <laughs> I have more story to tell for both these characters. I know you thought we wrapped it up real neat with a bow and everything, but wait. But what if we did it? There's more. again has some revenge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I kn- knew that there was an Annie too. Yeah, I, there is. I knew that there were several uh, reimaginings of Annie. Uh-huh. Now, in Annie 2, is Daddy Warbucks uh, punished for his crimes? <laughs> um... Is his wealth appropriated? Uh, no, because I think the 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 Annie too. I think it's called Annie Warbucks. Yeah, tough. Yeah, so I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. He, I don't feel sorry for get, a rich kid who gets adopted. He doesn't get dragged into the Hague like he deserves. <laughs> I do feel bad for a little orphan. I don't yeah. feel bad for a kid who now has unlimited wealth in a very depressed economy. Yeah, Annie Warbucks is all about the star to bees drug habit that he's trying to. <laughs> <laughs> he literally lives John Blue's life and dies at 33. Good to know. And thank you, Charles. Uh, Schultz. Yes. Who did it? <laughs> Charles Strauss. Oh, not the guy who did Peanuts. Okay. No. I thought this was a dog sees God situation. <laughs> if only. <laughs> uh, Connor, manager this for us. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever experienced any had any experience with Bye Bye Birdie and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very fun. Um, the movie's great. Uh, excellent work. Um, and I highly recommend you watching it. Uh, if you like have a couple hours that you need to kill, it's a really good, it's just like a really good musical comedy. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I definitely need to go and listen to the, uh, OBC now. Mm-hmm. Meryl man and chair. Yeah. Same. Very funny. Um, this show's got jokes. It's got jokes. Uh, the songs are great. As Mark said, I yeah. would like to second that point. Um, they're all very fun. They all feel, uh, very like, classically musical theater yeah but not in an annoying way mm-hmm. um i wouldn't even say that there's a bathroom song for me i like them all. i enjoy all of them yeah um i'm not bored during any of them and yeah telephone hour is truly a like top song for me i think it's i love that hilarious um as well as kids i think kids is very funny too i really really like kids um it's great it's it's really fun and dumb, and the premise is insane, oh, which yeah. is key for any successful musical theater show, in my opinion. Correct. It has to be, like, elements that make no sense yeah. <laughs> that are somehow working. Right. Um, can't recommend enough. Uh, definitely watch the movie. Dick Van Dyke's a fucking national treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Margaret deserved to be a star in yes. that movie. Even though it's insane that she is, she is very good. And Paul Lind is oh my God. so good as the dad. Hilarious. Um, yeah, so all in all, approved. <laughs> the, to me. Put the stamp noise right here. <laughs> and we've asked for it several times, and yet Mitch still refuses, <laughs> refuses to put it to in. to give us the drop. But uh, he adds all the other drops that he wants in <laughs> the show. <laughs> Our requested drops, nothing but his drops. Um, Mark, do you have anything to plug? Um, follow me on Twitter at Mark C. Walsh. Uh, if I have anything important to say, it'll be on there. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, Connor, anything for you? You can follow me uh, across all platforms at CRLA12. I put up funny writing and funny videos there. 
Meryl, for you? Perfect. Uh, nothing for me. You can follow the show at Bits Over B-Way. You can email us, bitsoverbway at gmail.com. You can find us on any podcast platform, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We're on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bitsoverbway. Rate and review, like and subscribe, you know, all the things that the YouTubers tell you to do. Right. You can do that to us, too. We would love that. If you want. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Bye. Good idea, Rosie. That sounds like a plan. Oh, cool. <laughs>